0: keeping you from moving forward. Once you complete this free assessment, you'll be able to claim free a copy of Dr. Greer's brand new book, 120 Minutes to Live Big. To get started, visit canilivebig.com today. You were made to think big, do big, do big. But tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow, let the world overflow, yeah. life bigger than You're created for greatness, Live
1: a than Live Welcome to Live Big with Dr. Derek Greer. We're glad you decided to join us today. Remember, you can get access to this message and a full library of teaching from Dr. Greer at gracechurchva.org. As we dive deep into the Word of God, we believe that it changes us and empowers us to think big, do big, and live big. This type of living will not only impact our lives, but will inevitably bless others. So our hope is that this broadcast inspires you to live big. Here's Dr. Greer.
0: We're going to be in the book of Luke, chapter 5, verse 1. This passage of Scripture, I'm in at least once a year. Sometimes twice a year. God usually causes me to minister from this text at a pivotal moment. It's always been prophetic. Today we're at another watershed moment in the spirit. God's about to turn some things and shift some things that I'm excited about. And we're in this very, very familiar text of scripture And uh, as they say on television, let's get her done. Amen. Let's get it done. I spent the last two Wednesdays preaching on the subject of joy. And for me, in my personal life, it raised the bar. There are times where, you know, I'm just preaching, doing my job, but there are other times that that message is deeply personal. But as time has passed, I've realized how pathetic that message was and what God's telling me in this season, and it must be apropos or, or apply to you, otherwise I, I wouldn't, wouldn't share it with you. But What God is saying in this season in my life, he's getting rid of all my joy sponges. Those are people, usually, sometimes circumstances. But I know in my life right now, he's talking about people. Those are people in your life. That just soak up your joy. That after you spend a half hour in their presence, you just want to go home, crawl up, and die. <laughs> and what he's telling me in this season, he's saying, son, you're not doing the cut. I'm not asking you to, I'm doing the cut. I'm removing all the dead weight, all the things in your life that swallow up and just suck the joy out of you. And it's a season where circumstances think these things are going to be out of my control. God's just going to do it. And uh, I, I've heard his voice, and uh, I'm kind of excited about it. Although, you know, I, I don't, you know, we're, we get a little uncomfortable when change, you know, appears. But, you know, I, everyone's talking about change nowadays, right? That's a whole big old thing out there. And, and I believe God does want to do some changes uh, in, in our lives. But let, let's, let's begin. Luke 5 and 1. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Genesaret, a lake eight miles wide, 13 miles long, this lake existed in a depression in the earth that was 686 feet below sea level. Have you ever felt 700 feet below sea level? Have you ever lived and worked in a depression? This was the situation of these fishermen. And the Bible says that people were crowding around Jesus. Not only was the lake depressed in the earth geographically in terms of altitude. The camera, you know, it says, you know, they were at this lake. So it talks about the geography. So as I said before, the camera pans a wide shot. And if he was panning from heaven, you see a wide shot of this depressed area in the earth but then the camera focuses from the general geographic area that he outlines, again, the Lake of Genesaret, the Lake of Galilee, the different terms for this lake. Then it focuses in a few minutes on fishermen. And these fishermen were just like the area, quite depressed. Because the Bible said they had fished all night long and And they were at a place of cleansing their nets. They were taking their stuff, going home, packing up, leaving the area, going home empty-handed. A very, very depressed situation in a very, very depressed area. And Jesus, God became incarnate. And of all the places for Him to come to minister, He said, "I'm going to go to one of the more depressed places on planet Earth, and there I'm going to do my ministry, work my wonders." so that people in any elevation around the globe can understand that they can come out of depression. Are you hearing me? It says, with the people crowding around him, this is where I got cautious, you know, talking about, Lord, should I speak freely? But I'm a pastor, a bishop. Pastoring can be the most depressing job on planet Earth. There might be some others that come close, But if there's a list of five, we got to be in it. The American Medical Association says that pastors, uh, attorneys, and several other in the list, but pastor was on the top. This group was the most likely to suffer from depression of all the jobs you could get. You see, the challenge that comes with pastoring, you see, this is where I was concerned. I don't like beating up on a church because I love the church. Christ died for the church. But sometimes you got to speak truth in order for the church to get healed and get better. Please hear my spirit. I'm not trying to be critical. But as a pastor, I discovered that often the unhappiest group of people on planet Earth are not those in the clubs. They're those that come to church every Sunday and oftentimes some of the most frequent attenders. as a pastor often during the week i have to deal see, i'm not it's not about me i don't know why it's going this way but i got to i got to flow with it okay now i trust these ain't that way but but let's just pretend this is a time in the past and so no one get offended right now okay but all week with the fighting Fault-finding, fussing, complaining, trustees. You have fault-finding, fussing, fighting deacons. Fault-finding, fussing, complaining, worship team. You go over a member's house, they're fussing, complaining, and fighting. You talk to them, oh, how's your day? No, well, we're fussing, fighting, and complaining. Everywhere you go in the church, it's fussing, fighting, and complaining. Pointing the finger, and everyone's saying, it's your fault for my unhappiness. You come in, you're looking people in the face. They're upset, they're mad, they're angry. Every day of the week, every phone call, you're dealing with a fault, a fuss, or a fight. And then on Sundays, it's your responsibility, in spite of your atmosphere of the week, you're supposed to impart joy, a life changing message that lifts everyone in the room. Although all week they've been pushing down on you, you ain't no good. You never gonna be no good. We ain't never gonna grow. We ain't never gonna. We never gonna meet that bill. We ain't never gonna meet that. Ain't no one gonna ever gonna be saved. All week, that's what you hear. But as a leader, you're supposed to come in here, full of God's presence and joy. Talk about a challenge! Are you hearing me? Yes. The two obligations in scripture that are clear that a congregation has toward its pastor. In the new covenant, he said, the elders are those that labor amongst you are worthy of double honor. It's talking about compensation. You're supposed to compensate your leader financially. But then the second thing the Bible commands. And by the way, the Bible doesn't command a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, regarding leaders and how we're to behave toward leaders. Most of the commands is how we're to behave toward one another, but the few scripts where he focuses on leaders, he said, you compensate them. Make sure their kids ain't walking around with holy shoes, because the holes on their shoes are going to get in your house. What you do in my house is going to come on your house. As you bless someone else, God will bless you. Are you hearing me? Okay. But The second thing scripture says, it says obey them that are your leaders so that their work might be a joy. And then he says, he goes on, he says, not a burden. He says, that's the way he emphasized that statement. He elaborates here. He said, in case you didn't understand, not a burden, for that would be no advantage to you. Many of us, we don't understand the woman that God's placed in my life, that's supposed to be the asset, my help, if I push her down, beat her down, all I'm doing is hurting myself. We were raised that way. We do our home that way. So we come into the church and we do the same thing. Oh, there goes pastor. <laughs> he ain't this. They ain't doing that. How dare he? And I want to fight about this. I... And then you say on Sunday, again, this used to be where is the anointing? Where is the power? There's two obligations that the church has, it's clear. One is to make sure the leaders are compensated, don't keep them down. You try to oppress another, you're gonna find oppression in your own life. You release another in the prosperity and blessing, God will release you. You don't realize how much your blessings attached to me. Your destiny is connected to mine. Are you hearing me? I'm not asking for a raise. It's not where I'm going. God has blessed me. I'm doing well. But your heart needs to be right. The leader is God's representative. He ain't God. But he represents God. And what you do to that representative represents how you feel about God. If you are, if you're peeing on your leader, you're peeing on God. And that's the one that causes the sun to rise on your life. The to rain to fall on your life. He's the one that keeps the, 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 the air in your lungs. And if you ever try to keep down those guys assigned to help you, you are only hurting yourself. Scripture says there's no advantage. It's a, Or it's no advantage to you. I, I track it with you. But the second thing that we're to do is make sure that our leader's work is a joy. Why? Because he's better? No. Because if he's happy, you're going to be happy. How do we say? Happy wife, happy life, right? Happy past or happy thereafter. Amen? Are you hearing me? Can we be for real? Can I speak plainly? So I understand despair. I understand depression. So I'm not talking down to you, kind of looking at my ivory towel because I just got it all. I know what it's like to be in an oppressive, depressed situation. How many of y'all got bad children? Don't raise your hands. Okay. Now, there's a saying in the world that a parent is only as happy as their least happy child. And that's true. Because I have parents and, and we've had different problems with siblings. But they can only be as happy as their children were. And, and that's why a parent's greatest desire is for the children to be happy And successful, so they too can be what? Happy. You understand what I'm saying? So the church, though, is likened to a family. So if all the children in the church are unhappy, what's it going to be like for the parents? So I almost have a vested interest in making you happy. Because as you succeed and as you excel, so will I. Are you tracking with me? Jesus... Is ministering in a depressed area, depressed people. I have 15 minutes. And he saw, he saw, God sees, please hear me. He saw at the water's edge two boats left by fishermen who were washing their boats. The focus narrows in the picture and he sees men in a depressed situation that don't give up. They didn't leave their nets, they didn't leave, they're washing their boats, they're washing their nets, getting it ready to go out there again. Are you tracking with me? Jesus does this miracle for men that, that wouldn't give up in a very, very depressing situation. You see, that's why we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Because if we are faithful in that valley, we will get through it to the other side. These men were being faithful in their valley. Jesus observed it. He saw it. And then he set them up for a blessing. So just because you're in a valley, that doesn't mean you should give up or you should quit. Stand was God's message this morning. Keep on walking or keep on talking. Keep on, you know, you know the song. Keep moving through that valley. Wash your nets, get up again, try again. Go to sleep, get up again and try again. These are the men that Jesus did this miracle for. But those of us that run into a little opposition or a bad day, we quit. We're not the people that this miracle is for. Jesus saw them at the water's edge, washing their nets, saying, we're going to clean this up, and we're going to get up and do it again. That's the heart that attracts God. Are you hearing me? They, They were in depressed situations, but they were fighting the depression inside themselves. Are you hearing me? And they were working to get up again. Well, he saw the men, and they were washing their nets. And he got into one of the boats. Everywhere Jesus went, he recognized that he was the solution. Jesus is a problem solver. So he knew, listen, if I can get in the middle of their problem, they're going to have the answer. Are you hearing me? So Jesus sees him over there with the problem. The problem is they're over there and he's here. So he says, listen, I want to get into the middle of your problem. And if you let me in, the middle of your mess, I'm going to turn this depression into an experience of great joy. Amen. But the question is, will you let the word of God, not just the high feeling of God, but the word of God. Jesus came with the word. He came with the word. He didn't get shy. Talk about urinating and pissing. He he would talk to, to the Pharisees, call them snakes and scorpions. He wasn't like he didn't get intimidated by nobody. But they let the unintimidated, un- unmitigated Word of God in their boat. And let me tell you something. Many are not gonna get the miracle till you get the unmitigated, yes. the unintimidated, yes. the for real word of God in the middle, right in the center of your life. Yes. Talking to you right where you are. Not a little pat on the head, talking about I'm just trying to keep my members, but talking to you right where you are. You hearing me? To move you forward. He got into one of the boats knowing that he's the answer. The one belonging to Simon. the, The camera narrows now from the crowd to this one individual, Simon. And he asked him, put out a little from the shore. Obviously, Simon does this. And God often starts little easy things to build you up to the more difficult things. And then he sat down and talked to people from the boat. Verse four, when he had finished, please hear me. Many of us want the miracle before he's finished. Mm. You don't get the diploma until you've gone through all four years or 120 hours of learning. Listen, you can be three credits short. You'll not get the diploma right. if you don't finish. The miracle only came when Jesus was finished getting a message across to them. So your miracle is attached to you hearing completely that which God has to say, not just the pleasant part, but the whole thing. You hearing me? When he had finished speaking. When he had finished using Simon's boat for his purposes. I mean, we began a good task and a work for God, and many times people stop in the middle, and we wonder, why wasn't I blessed? Because you didn't finish. But if you let the man, Christ Jesus, that gets into your boat, run his course, and finish the thing he began in you, you will see the glory and the goodness of God in the land of the living But let him finish. He said, I'm not just the Alpha to get started, to get you born again one Sunday. I'm also the finisher. I am the Omega, which is the last letter in the Greek alphabet. I want to start this thing, but I also want to finish this thing. And would you please submit the process till I get to the finish point? And then I will release you. In a race, if you're running a race, if you uh, leave the blocks before the gun fires, you're disqualified. You can't start before the gun finishes. Are you hearing me? Amen. I want a new start, but I got to let him finish before I start. Are you hearing me? So, Jesus, has lots of things he's, he's doing here. He's teaching in the boat. So he said, listen, guys, the answer is y'all need to get under the anointing. Not under a bunch of religious teaching, under the anointing. So he gets into the boat. The anointing of God is out there. And when the anointing's on Jesus, he does miracles often. He, he, he deals with the deaf, the blind. Uh, he'll cast out demons, but not this time. You see, the Pharaoh, I'm sorry, these disciples had followed him up to this point in the synagogue. They, they had seen him cast out demons and healing, uh, healing people. But, but he's like, no, this time I'll make it personal. And if you let God finish, he'll make it personal. He'll give you a miracle that you understand. You see, if you don't have no demons, casting out demons, it's like, that's nice you did that from them. But he wanted to hit these men right where they lived. But he would only do it when he was finished teaching. And they, but, but see, also, though, he, he had them captured by the anointing of God. And, and, and that was a good step. But you see, you can get under this anointing. You could get under the power of God. But if you don't let God finish, are you hearing me? You'll not walk in the complete blessing. But when he finished speaking, he said to Simon, now God's not a user. God used Simon's boat, did he not? He's not a guy that would go to a restaurant and not tip the waiter. He's not that way. He's like, listen, Simon, you need to know something about me from the very outset. These men are about to leave all to follow him. So you need to know something. I am not a user. I am not a taker. I'm a giver. You give me some, I'm going to give it back to you a hundredfold. That's God's way. That's not a new doctrine. That's God's character. That is explained line upon line, jot upon jot, tittle upon tittle in this scripture. God will not let any man beat him in faithfulness and giving. Are you hearing me? All Peter gave him was an empty, defeated boat. And Jesus like, good. If you let me in your broken, beat down, defeated boat, and you let me finish my work in that boat, this is what's going to follow. This is a pattern for you and I. When he finished, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down the nets, plural, for a catch. In other words, Peter, i must speak to you right where you are. Peter, you understand fishing, don't you? Yeah, I created all fish. Peter, I know the demons and stuff you didn't quite get. And some of the other stuff you... But Peter, you're a businessman. So I'm going to speak to you through your business. How many of you would like God to speak to you? Not just another sermon that's pretty. But speak to you right in your life situation. And show you that I'm more than enough. That I am faithful. You hear me? He said, listen. Put out into the deep water. And let down the nets for For fish.
1: You are listening to the Live Big Broadcast with Dr. Derek Greer. We pray that you are inspired to think big, do big, and live big. Our goal is to compel you to live in a way that overflows and blesses those around you. Find out more about this broadcast, Grace Church, and Dr. Greer at gracechurchva.org. Dr. Greer and his wife, Pastor Yermutu, invite you to meet them at Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia, for vibrant worship, Bible teaching, and fellowship each Sunday and Wednesday. Click GraceChurchVA.org for service times, directions, and much more. Again, that's GraceChurchVA.org. This has been Live Big with Dr. Derek Greer. Watch the Live Big broadcast Monday through Friday and every Sunday. Check your local TV listings or visit GraceChurchVA.org for the broadcast schedule. That's all the time we have, but until next time, remember, you have what it takes in Christ to live big.
2: has a creative way for you or your business to support our ministry it won't cost you anything extra and it's part of your normal routine it's Amazon Smile the prices, selection and shopping experience are all the same but when you go to smile.amazon.com first instead of just amazon.com Amazon donates a percentage to your favorite cause and it doesn't cost you anything extra, it's amazing so go to smile.amazon.com search for Grace Church dump select us as your charity then shop as normal it's free easy and helps grace church and Derek greer ministries continue to reach those in need click smile.amazon.com today and check it out also military and federal employees remember you can make a difference and donate through the cfc our cfc number is 35614 that's 35614